0: Thank you for joining us on The Skeptic Sidekick, where we delve into ancient societies, the ghosts, the paranormal, UFOs, all looking at it from the perspective of the true believer and from the skeptic perspective. Joining me, my partner, my co-host, my sibling, Kimber Rodriguez. Myself, I am Richard Gregg. And again, let's look into being the skeptic-psychic. Hello, is it me you're looking for? And I wonder exactly what I'm skeptic, and I wonder if I'm really psychic, but I know for certain that I'm here with you today. How's everybody going today? This is, of course, the Skeptic Psychic with me, Richard grick And, of course, with my wonderful, smart, intelligent, highly enthusiastic sister of mine, the greatest thing in the whole world, according to her husband, Kimber Rodriguez. Hello. How are you this week? I'm fine. How are you doing? Good evening. Good afternoon. Um, good morning. Good after. Uh, good. Uh, sleep tight. How are you doing this morning, Mr. Facebook Mr. and Mrs. Facebook user, part of our pod people? I still like that. I do too. I think we should
1: keep it. So far the fans are happy with it. Yes. Yes. Um I've been eh, I kind of got a stomach bug Friday night that I'm still suffering from, so mm. haven't been feeling 100%, but I'm here. I'm happy, so I guess that's all that matters. So, what's new with you this week? Mm, Nothing much.
0: It's Raymond. Hello, Raymond. Comment ça va? How you doing? I ran into a 1010 English French Dictionary.
1: Interesting.
0: Yes. I was very excited because I started speaking French again.
1: Uh, All I know in in French is je t'aime. Comment allez-vous? Je suis très bien, and parlez-vous anglais? Uh,
0: parlez-vous anglais? Bien sûr. Yes.
1: Yes, a friend of mine uh, tried to
0: teach uh, me. <laughs> je parle français et uh,
1: anglais uh, aussi. Yes, uh, a friend of mine tried to teach me French in high school and I couldn't get the whole conjugation of the verb. So he's like, okay, I'm going to teach you the one sentence you need to know. I'm like, okay, what's that? He's like, parlez-vous anglais? I was like, okay, I can handle that. Do you speak English? <laughs> He's like, if they say no, all you have to say is merci and walk on to the next person. So it was a, something that I wanted to, something I read that I wanted to talk about this week, and I don't remember what it is now. Mm-hmm. It just went right out of my mind but if it comes to me i'll bring it up
0: if it comes to you okay
1: yes so what are we talking about this week well we started off just with
0: a brief history uh when we did our haunted philadelphia but we decided we're going to expand on it on fort milfin It's located on the delaware river in philadelphia pennsylvania
1: Yes, Fort be Mifflin. Not confused
0: by the Philadelphia River in Delaware.
1: <laughs> yes, Fort Mifflin, um, brought to you famously through some great paranormal shows such as Kindred Spirits, um, Portals to Hell, and many others. So tonight we're going to tap into their history and talk about some of the ghosts that are there. Um, some of the ghosts that were brought up on the shows as well as some of the uh, facts that we found behind those hauntings as well mm-hmm. so it's gonna be a fun show yes yes and don't worry even though this is a history lesson there will be no test afterwards
0: oh come on <laughs> are we honest this memory this is live forget the memorex show
1: Yes, it is live. We are coming to you live. And so let's go live, ahead and- Live, live,
0: <laughs> live, 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 And Ghost Hunters went there as well.
1: I thought so, but I wasn't sure. So I didn't want to say it um, and be wrong. But uh, yes, Ghost Hunters went there. Kindred Spirits went there. Um, portals to Hell. So yes, this is going to be a fun- fun uh topic and a fun episode to talk about yes, okay somebody says that it is going in and out and they are losing feed okay let me see they're losing feed
0: yes
1: Is it on both ends, or just the whole thing is going out? All good here. Uh, that's odd. I would say maybe going out and then trying to come back in would probably be the best to fix that. Okay, why don't you kick us off?
0: Position. On the muddy bank, west of the Delaware River, is a historic structure still standing after more than two hundred and fifty years, located on Mud Island, just outside of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Fort Millen has played a role in almost every war the United States has fought since the revolution. Although Fort Milford, was not constructed M- until Mifflin. Mifflin <laughs> there you was go not constructed until 1771 plans for a fort on the delaware to provide security began to unfold as early as 1626 the swedes dutch and british all fortified the delaware river fort from 1626 to 1774 by that wonderful date 1771 Philadelphia ranked as the largest British port and dockyard in North America. Locals then rose in protest about British economical policies and imports. in in response to the complaints by Secretary of State of the Colonies, Pennsylvania Governor John Penn asked General Thomas Gage to send someone capable of designing defenses for the city general gage was a british army general and colonist official for best known for his many years of service in north america including his role as british commander-in-chief in
1: in the early days of the american revolution okay so he fought on the british side then because it says he was a british commander-in-chief so he was yes okay he was the baddie or, there. in the British,
0: he was a goodie. <laughs> there you go.
1: It depends on it depends on your point of view, what, what, how you're looking at it. Was it um, the British? oh, he was he was a goodie, mm-hmm. or was it the colonists? oh, he was a baddie. Yes. So, it's all Benedict how Arnold
0: really fits that profile too. In fact, there's a statue of uh, in uh, I believe it's London, of Benedict Arnold as a hero of the uh, the American conflict.
1: Interesting. Yes. Yes. Did you ever see that episode of um, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, the original, where they talk about how her aunt accidentally started the uh, American Revolution? Because she heard them talking about the redcoats coming in, and said so she went and told Paul Revere, who went out and told everybody the British were coming, and it turns out that it was a tailor who had ordered some redcoats to be sold.
0: Mm-hmm. yes Yes.
1: okay well back to the fort Um, now John intended building the fort on Mud Island and this was to help regulate traffic entering and exiting the port and he assigned Captain John Montressor who was of the British Corps of Engineers to do the task Matresser presented six designs to Penn and the Board of Commissioners. The board bleh, the board proposed constructing a fort on Mud Island, which is also known as Deepwater Island. I guess that's why they call it Muddy, maybe like, you know, it's kind of low so mm-hmm. uh, the water rushes over it It gets kind of wet and they call, so that's why they call it Mud Island. Maybe. Makes sense. Yep. Now The commissioners reviewed the plans and found them all too expensive and insisted that, you know, based on the economy, uh, that, you know, they would go ahead about this budget. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: His preferred plan cost about 4,000 pounds. I'm sorry, 40,000 pounds. Um, With this, he accounted he the sorry tongue not working he intended to mount a 32 piece cannon or 32 pieces of cannon so I guess that means 32 cannons um four mortars and four royal howitzers um it would require 240 men to man meaning six men at each There would be 160 musketry in and about 400 total in the garrison. Um, The assembly passed the bill and released 15,000 pounds for the construction of the fort and the purchase of Mud Island or Deepwater Island, call it what you want, from Joseph Galloway, who was the Speaker of the House at the time. The board
0: is with the uh, speaker of the house uh, that we see, know as today is the British speaker of the house.
1: Yes, there you go. Now, the board construct instructed Montressor to begin construction, however, they failed to provide him with the funds that he considered necessary to mm-hmm. do it properly. Therefore, the rooms in the farthest interior of castmate number 11 probably date back from the original construction in 1771. However, on June 4th, 1772, Montressor left the head workman in charge of the construction project to return to New York angry or disgruntled or, you know, kind of annoyed that he got jipped. Um... When this happened, of course, the project floundered onward for about a year. And then it was completely stopped due to lack of guidance and funding. The crew only completed the east and south walls, which are built in stone.
0: Now, Fort Mifflin was built by the British in 1771 to strengthen the colony's control over the Delaware River. In 1776, when the American colonies separated from England, The Americans continued construction on the fort in order to prevent the British from sailing ships to Philadelphia, the nation's capital at that time. During the Revolution, the British Army bombarded and captured the fort as part of their conquest of Philadelphia uh, in autumn of 1777. For five long, brutal days, 2,000 British troops and 250 ships shot over 10,000, I say 10,000, 1,000 cannon shells at the fort, trying to destroy it. Along with a naval attack came a British Army assault artillery guns from Pro- from Providence, Rhode Island and Carpenter Islands, just 500 yards away.
1: Interesting.
0: Yes. And the flag was still there.
1: Yes. That's another story altogether.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But that stanner still waves. Yes. At the beginning of the bombardment, Fort Mifflin's commander, which was Colonel Samuel Smith of Maryland, was urged by George Washington to hold the fort to the last extremity. Cannonballs rained over the fort and the American soldiers inside of it. It was fought over viciously yes Shelley. sorry my ear itches somebody must be talking about me mm, um, i forgot to mention the fact
0: that my hands my left hand's been itching somebody please do me a favor and buy a lottery ticket in my name
1: <laughs> why don't you buy your own i'm broke it only costs one dollar
0: uh, up here it's two
1: really yeah i'm sure you got some spare change you can scrounge up Uh yeah sure yes okay so cannonballs rained over the fort and the american soldiers inside it 400 continental soldiers in the fort greatly outnumbered and lacked the equipment to retaliate against the dual assaults from the british navy and army the british first took out the northwestern wall cannons of the fort and then destroyed the west stone wall of the fort. British canyons eventually destroyed 20 sections of Fort Mifflin's Passel Eight. Mortars landed on the cedar roofs of the barracks and blockhouses, setting the fort on fire despite the constant rain and efforts to extinguish the flame. After the British bombardment, the. Mil- the blah, 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 there you go. Yep. Raymond says, all you need is a dollar and a dream. Sorry, now my other ear is itching. After the bombardment, Fort Mifflin was left in ruins until 1793 when the planner of Washington, D.C., Pierre Charles Lafont began, con- began reconstruction. Which means
0: uh, Rock Charlie, uh, Baby Rock Charlie. Thank you for that. You're welcome. You know, because I do speak French.
1: Yes, (laughs) very, very little. (laughs) Okay, well, anyway, uh, Baby Rock Charlie LaFont, whatever you want to call him. LaFont. He began reconstruction of the now historical landmark which we can see today. In 1795, the fort was renamed for Thomas Mifflin, who was a Continental Army officer and the first post independence, sorry, not Philadelphia but Pennsylvania governor. Department of the War spent
0: over one thousand dollars in fortifying uh, Fort Mifflin, while only three thousand of it was spent on Charleston, the next largest expenditure. Thirty thousand,
1: not three thousand.
0: 30,000. Yes. As a precautionary protection measure for for Philadelphia in the War of 1812, Fort Milflin was once again actively manned by Captain James Nelson Barker, who was appointed commander of the fort on July 16, 1812. Although the fort was prepared to defend Philadelphia, it saw no action during the War of 1812. The fort itself remained abandoned after the war's end until Congress granted more than $70,000 between 1835 and 1839 for much needed repairs. During the spring of 1861, several local volunteer units manned Fort Mifflin in order to defend Philadelphia from the Confederate invasion. But by the end of the Civil War, Fort Mifflin had not shot one cannon at the enemy, but instead served as a prison for Confederate and Union soldiers beginning July
1: 1863. Nineteen,
0: believe it. Well, no, it's actually beginning in 1863. It's. I know it's nineteen, but
1: <laughs> okay. Sorry, we did.
0: We, we didn't have Confederate and Union soldiers in 1963.
1: Oh, man, why are you got to hurt my buzz? <laughs> Sorry, man.
0: Fort Mifflin had Confederate soldiers that captured the Battle of Gettysburg, Union draft dodgers, and uni- Union military criminals. In 1864, 70% of the f- prisoners held at Fort Mifflin were civilians, and only half of these were draft dodgers.
1: So, see, man, even it, it must be something with the 60s, because you 1860s, yeah. you got the dodgers right of the draft in the 1960s you got the dodgers of the draft so come on man yeah 1938 Never. you had the
0: dodgers of new uh of new york around the brooklyn area so you always turn around in 19 say 41 40, uh 42. the dodgers went over to la they dodged us you know enjoy <laughs> oh
1: goodness wrong dodgers oh sorry <laughs> Now, numerous Confederate prisoners occupied Fort Mifflin from 1863 to 1865 and were housed in, as we mentioned before, casement number one. The Union Army used three smaller casemates to hold political prisoners during the same period. Various people wrote graffiti inside the cell doors and on the inner walls of casement number 11 during the 1960s. I'm sorry, again, 1860s and they also left a wine token and a penny which were both dated 1864 and are in remarkable condition. Private William Howe was a wanted killer and deserted from the Union Army. Howe led an attempted escape of 232 prisoners from Casement 5 in February of 1864. Afterwards, Howe was housed in solitary confinement in Casemate 11, where he left his signature. Howe was, was hanged at Fort Mithlin in front of other deserters on August 26, 1864, to show that Lincoln and the Union Army would not tolerate cowards.
0: Let's also look at the diseases such as typhoid, dysentery, a that affected the prisoners and guards stationed at at the fort alike. Throughout the Union and Confederate, over 56,000 prisoners died, mostly due to unsanitary conditions, overcrowding, and the lack of adequate food and water. After the Civil War, the military only used uh, Fort Mifflin as an ammunition depot, both in World War I and World War II. In 1954, the Fort no longer used as a military post. When it closed, it was the oldest fort in continuous use in the United States, having served from 1771 to 1954. See, that was the reason why 18, uh, 19, 18 and 1964 is so different, because it was closed in 54. I I mean, yeah, because officially ended 183 years of service. The Commonwealth of Pennsylvania acquired the property and transferred ownership to the city of Brotherly Love, Philadelphia, in its same on November 14, 1962. The U.S. Department of the Interior named Fort Mifflin a National Historical Society in the year 1970. On to what day?
1: A National Historic Landmark.
0: Yes, in The Historical
1: Society called it a national landmark. A
0: landmark, yes. Yes. With that closure, questions of management and preservation loomed over the former coastal fort. Who would maintain the Fort Mifflin? Could the crumbling building be saved? The fort fell its overgrowth, deterioration, and vandalism, and was at a great risk of being lost Forever.
1: Forever. Forever. forever forever sorry whenever i hear the word forever i think of uh the sand lot forever uh, forever. Right. forever today however <laughs> i love that movie so wholesome mm-hmm now, today it has been restored to its 1834 appearance and is open to the public from Wednesday through Sunday year round. The fort offers daily demonstrations and is still has 14 authentic restored buildings, which include casemates, the Northeast Bastion, the Arsenal, various batteries, soldier barracks, officer quarters, and a blacksmith shop um recently it does have visitors searching for ghosts i mean come on as many as much tragedy as this place has seen of course it's got to be haunted right Mm -hmm.
0: yeah sure (laughs) it may have been haunted or just maybe uh the fact of all these many deaths and that sort of thing people want to assume it
1: yes but you know what happens when you make when you assume things
0: yes what happens you make a uh donkey out of uh, sheep and uh i and, and i call myself yes now so.
1: get that uh try to figure that one out <laughs> well that's why we always like to look for evidence on things that we don't like to assume right um but many people have heard have claimed and that they have heard or seen a screaming lady, which could have been Elizabeth Pratt. Also, the man without a face, which could have been William Howe. Now, Elizabeth lived with her husband and daughter in the officer's quarter at Fort Mifflin. Her daughter fell in love with an enlisted man, causing her husband to disown their daughter and never reconcile with her. That makes me wonder, was he an enlisted man on the opposite side? I mean, Uh, probably not. I
0: would think that.
1: uh, I mean, I would think he was.
0: A lot of uh, people back in the day did not like, you know, to uh, lower themselves to enlisted, you know, uh, officers really uh, Um. believed that uh, officers should be officers, you know, that would break the leadership
1: so in other words her falling in love with them with the soldier when her father was of officer status was kind of like you know well he's you're too good for him and if you want to sink to that level then you're no more a daughter of mine sort of thing yes hmm interesting now after the death of her daughter due to typhoid fever Elizabeth hung herself from the balcony. Ah, she would be burying down, Shelley says. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Um, so, after her daughter died of typhoid, Elizabeth hung herself from the balcony. It is said that visitors can still hear Elizabeth desperately screaming at night in the officer's quarter. Now, Howe was hung as a deserter in Fort Mifflin during the Civil War. And he has been seen with no face sewing in Casement 5. This is one that we talked about in our Haunted Philadelphia episode. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're going to talk a little bit more about him in just a bit. Um, But, you know, again, this paranormal activity has brought, you know, caught the attention and the eye of a lot of different paranormal shows um, such as, as we mentioned before, Ghost Hunters, Ghost Hunters Academy, um, also Portals to Hell, Kindred Spirits, and I'm sure there'll be many others that go there. And one day I'd like to talk about how these shows, you know, they tend to, I don't know, but if you notice sometimes, depending on the show, the story changes. Um, Like you'll, you'll see on Ghost Hunters, which is a family for, friendly ghost hunting show and they'll tell you stories like this and then you'll go on to something more dark like portal style and they'll get into all these more sinister spirits and it's like okay why didn't they talk about that on the last show is that just for a or but that's another show i digress sorry tangent adhd tell us about how
0: how well he was actually uh a uh According to the historical documents, he was a 25-year-old German farmer who joined the Union Army. Known as a great marksman, he won accolades for his uh, bravery in fighting Fredericksburg, Virginia, determined to stay in the battlefield day and night. The reason why I say Fredericksburg, Virginia is that we both grew up in Texas where there is a Fredericksburg,
1: Texas. Yes, we grew up not too far from Fredericksburg, Texas. About, right. what, an hour and a half, two hours away? hmm His friends were
0: impressed with his personal courage and indomitable will. But all within the world couldn't save him from the battle of going on within his own body. He came It cost. Oh. He came down with an an attack of the inflammation of the bowels. Nowadays, we call it dysentery. The disease eventually became a number one killer of all Civil War soldiers. It caused uncontrollable bloody diarrhea. Ew. In some cases, it would be so severe that the victims would die from dehydration. Ew. Maybe it was Howe's indomitable will. That made him insistent on not letting his condition get the best of him when his regiment's medical tent burnt down in battle he left the group for other soldiers to seek treatment in washington after seeing a doctor Hal went home to recover stuck in bed for two months he didn't realize how much trouble was coming his way for being unable to report back to his unit so yeah, it's not just the fact that he was a uh, a born killer. He was just kind of uh he just got in trouble because he went home to take care of himself and his officers went looking for him. But the officer's intentions seemed questionable at best. According to the historical accounts, the officer and three other men showed up in this house drunk at midnight to fetch him. Hal picked up his gun and fired two shots into the rowdy crowd outside his bedroom window to scare him off. However, he did not realize that the two shots he fired directly struck his enrolling officer, fatally wounding him. He was arrested and imprisoned in the equally haunted Eastern State Penitentiary during his trial before being sentenced to death. He was granted a stay of execution as he pleaded for mercy. He desperately wrote to Abraham Lincoln for help. That mercy never came. Today, it's widely believed authorities did not give Howe any leniency because they felt needed to make the example of him.
1: An increasing number of soldiers had begun to desert the Union Army. And according to records, 200,000 men Left their regimes before the war was over. According to newspapers, the community sided with How, and his attended. I'm sorry, the community sided with How as a show of support. In his final moments, How made a statement to the crowd.
0: May I? Ask? Go ahead. I never sought the life of the man I killed. I never wished it. And I felt God will pardon me for taking things as I did. I know my fellow soldiers and officers in the Army never blamed my leaving as I was an invalid and had no hospital to go to in my regiment. Then a flag was placed over his head, which is why his apparition appears faceless and his neck snapped in the gallows. Now, was how
1: from the south
0: or did you just decide to play him from the south i just decided to play him from the south
1: okay give him a little bit
0: of uh i mean if he uh he would more or less sound if he was uh, a german farmer he'd be. i'd never sought the life of a man i killed I okay never now you him. sound
1: scottish
0: and i, I thought, never... would pardon me for taking his life as i did
1: um <laughs> <That's Freedom>! a... <laughs> Love it. (laughs) So now we've gone from Southern to Braveheart. Well, they both died in the name of freedom. (laughs) Now, House story is different from the sinister version shared in recent folklore. He is not an evil specter. He's just a man whose life ended tragically. He's a Union soldier, so he probably sounded more, you know, that uptight Northeastern accent.
0: Well, I'm thinking German is more or less. What is this? I never thought a man who was killed in my life. I never faced it, and I thought God would pardon me and then take it as I did. I don't know. Okay, now you're
1: you're, you're Irish. <laughs> you need to work on that German accent, bro. <laughs> Irish, fine, fine. <laughs> okay. Um, a letter from a prisoner published in the Cincinnati Acquire in 1864 described the conditions at Milton. The cell at this time is dripping with water from the arch over us. Even the sides are all (laughs) wet, like a broken leprechaun. Michelle says, (laughs) (laughs) "I'm the leprechaun." (laughs) Oi! I'm looking for me to lucky charms. That's not till next month. Oh, the month after next. I forget. We're still in January.
0: Um. And March will be talking about oh, Lucky and uh, Peter O'Toole and W.O. Gill and all those little wee people.
1: Yes, and Sean Connery was it in is? that movie. The cell this, at this time is dripping with water from the arch over us. Even the sides are all wet. Going back, this is to the Cincinnati Enquirer's letter that was published. In
0: 1864.
1: Yes. The soundest old man living could not remain in here without becoming injured in health, much less weakly old men as many of us are. We have done nothing to deserve such punishment. Forty-five prisoners were jammed into a cell and about 50 by 50, I'm sorry, the cell was about 50 by 80 feet. It was so dark that even in daylight, Nothing could be seen without candles. There are no beds or cots, and prisoners would just lay on boards. They were only fed pork, bread, and beef, but the meat was often spoiled, and this would cause disease and digestive issues. Even worse than that, the men would have to relieve themselves in the same room that they were kept. It is so can you imagine you are eating raw meat, or not raw meat, but spoiled meat, having diarrhea and having to go in the same place that you're sleeping in daily and it not getting cleaned out?
0: Yeah. It is believed that the prisoners' inhumane conditions at that time of death hindered them from crossing over. Their souls left to wander Fort Mifflin aimlessly for eternity. Now, backgrounds of all things. If a place holds suffering. Fort Mifflin has plenty. There are many stories of hauntings in Fort Mifflin with store, with sounds, doors, and footsteps, door handles being jiggled, voices wailing of women, cold spots, hair pulling, a blacksmith's door that won't stay on its hinges, and ghost sightings. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. These figures from Fort Mifflin's past are suspected of remaining there. William Howe, hung without a proper trial, is often seen as a faceless apparition. The theory is that he is a faceless because of the black hood over his head before he was hung. Nathan Stoddard, born August 8, 1742, in Woodsbury, Connecticut. He was married with six daughters and a son. Captain Stoddard and instant John Strong, Later, Lieutenant John Strong, a cousin of Nathan who joined Nathan Stoddard's company, went to Woodbury to obtain supplies before returning to action along the Delaware River at Fort Pifflin on Mud Island. There, on November 15, 1777, Captain Nathan Stoddard was killed. He was decapitated by a cannonball. That's not a w- nice way to go. This. Event the event was witnessed by his cousin, Eugene, uh, Ensign John Strong, who later related that the ball struck his head, cutting it entirely from the body, and that it stood erect as in life without a head before falling. He's been reported as the headless soldier.
1: Yes, the screaming la- lady is the loudest ghost at the fort. She has never been seen, but wails from the old office quarters where she appears to be living out an eternity of regret from disowning her daughter. This is supposedly the soul of Elizabeth Pratt, who was an 18th century neighbor of the fort whose daughter took up with an officer. Elizabeth renounced and threw out her daughter, who died shortly after from dysentery consumed with guilt at consigning her daughter's fate. The story goes that she took her own life again by hanging from the second story of the barracks. Now, Pennsylvania military records also say that two brothers, Andrew and James McCamson were both part of the second continental artillery company that entered the fort on November 13th in 1777. James was born second in command. I'm sorry, James was second in command. He wasn't born second in command. He was just made second in command at the time. Um, And Andrew was his sergeant. Both
0: brothers. Why couldn't he be born the second in command? (laughs) Huh? Why couldn't he be born second in command? You know, how do you know that? You know, was he the second child? And he could be born second in command,
1: huh?
0: Inquiry minds want to know.
1: Yes. Now, both brothers were killed in re-raising the shot-torn flag. The fort was never surrendered to the British, and Fort Mifflin holds the British ships back on the Delaware River, which gave George Washington and his troops time to repair and regroup for battle. The British were hitting the fort hard, and at one point the flag was lowered within the fort. The British thought this was a signal to surrender and cease fire. Andrew rose to the challenge of
0: putting himself in danger to get that flag of the fort back up. James went to help and protect his brother. The flag was raised and a witness to the incident Joseph Martin said we never surrendered. The Fort Mifflin flag was still flying at the end. The sergeant came down and two had not gone more than a half rod from the foot of the shaft where they were there cut in two by cannon shot? Reports vary about what what cannonball or two that split the two brothers in half. Another witness claimed that the men looked like fillet fish, as would see be seen.
1: Yeah, such a tragedy. Um, we did look up. I don't know if anybody has seen the Portals to Hell episode. I know Rick and I both have. Um, But on there, and I think also on the Kindred Spirits episode, they mention a spirit that they call the judge who has been known to curse out. Um, Tichelle says, Monroe's for sure. There must be an emotional imprint that remains the weight of all that kind of prickles the subconscious or even the conscious mind. I definitely agree with that. Um, But as I was saying, on the, the episodes, they talk about the judge which is this ghost i think he's found in the barracks and he has been known to curse people out calling them horrible names which we will not repeat here being a family show <laughs> um he just said
0: basically mother fathers
1: yeah something
0: and a nicer like way of uh, you know uh mother rucker, yeah. another way of putting it or uh muddy futters
1: yes um our uh, researcher shelley did you know try to find some evidence of this ghost try to find out who it was and she couldn't find any records of a judge being there or anybody that could have fit this description um also as was pointed out by our other researcher uh, autumn um that word did not become available until way after the fort was closed. Um, sh- um, yes, Shelley says, I was able to find a judge enlisted or as a prisoner. Um, another ghost that was mentioned on Portals to Hell by our favorite favorite psychic, Chris Fleming. would love to have him on here sometime just to talk with him and pick his brain. Um, he mentioned of a...
0: The, uh, I would love to... My first question to Chris will be What is your favorite ACDC song?
1: (laughs) Shook me all night long. That's my Uh, favorite.
0: uh, (laughs) uh, Thunderstruck. You know.
1: Oh, my favorite is. uh, You know, Highway to Heck.
0: You know, just one of those things. Yes.
1: My favorite is Shook Me All Night Long. Okay. But anyway, um, so yes, he stated also that there was. in one of the areas there's supposed to be some other more sinister um stuff that takes place there and he said that there was against the back wall kind of like an opening where the spirit could come and go from aka the portal from portals to hell um but again we couldn't find any any record or evidence of this as well um but, yeah, that's pretty much what we have on Fort Mifflin. It was a very tragic, horrible place in our history. Cannonball struck, new ACDC song. <laughs> yes. And Tichelle says her favorite is Back in Black. Ah.
0: Uh.
1: Yes. Um, but, yes, this is um, that's pretty much what we have on Fort Mifflin. It is a very, very... Um, trying time on our American history as we, you know, fought for our right to be a country as well as, um, you know, during yes. the the Civil War. What are your thoughts? Do you think that this is just an imprint on things, such a tragic thing that happened? Do you think- My favorite is- uh,
0: Is uh, I got big balls. She's got big balls. We got big balls, but we got the biggest-
1: Balls off the box. Some black like do pull them out. <laughs> okay, this is a family show. It's a song about, you know, basketball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh, Finish. Sure. <laughs> yes. Shelly says the history shared points to a place where spirits could replay. Um, what are your thoughts, Rick? Do you think that this is just people wanting to see stuff? Do you think it's an imprint in time, or do you think spirits are stuck here because of the tragedy they went through?
0: Uh, I think it's a little bit of the fact of there may be just uh, because of the stonework done in the, uh, the fort that it could be just a replay of certain events in history mixed in with uh unrequired spirits that either need to be pardoned or uh apologize to I should say mm-hmm. you know you you have two spirits basically that feel guilty about you know one uh definitely needs to be pardoned I'm talking about uh Mr. Howell mm-hmm. and two uh I think the uh, the the wife probably needs to uh, so uh, you know some psychic or some medium to contact the daughter from afar and say, "Mom, I forgive you. I love you." You know, in order for mm-hmm. her to pass on.
1: Agreed. Well, and then you've got like the guy who lost his head to the cannon, and the guys who were filleted by cannonball. To me they died so quickly that I don't think the soul realizes their death because they didn't have time to transition. It was like, boom, you're dead. So they didn't get a chance for that transition. So they could be confused and thinking either they're still alive or wondering what the heck happened. Um, I'm sure the, the headless guy is going around looking for his head, trying to figure out what happened to that thing
0: yes also uh i remember an episode of dead famous with uh Gail and chris where they went and searched for james dean and uh they went to the same place you know where the car accident happened and chris says i got this brief memory of of just seconds after the wreck where james dean's spirits going huh, I'm dead.
1: (laughs) Interesting.
0: You know, it's just, I think that's exactly what happened with the two brothers as well as the uh, headless uh, horseman is that they haven't, you know, it's like, huh, wow. I mean, even with the second you lose your head and you're still standing straight for about a couple of seconds before your body falls over. Mm -hmm. It's just basically, yeah, it's like, what just happened
1: Mm -hmm. well i know like i've heard like you know when back in the french revolution and in france when they used to chop a lot of heads off they would say that even though the head was detached from the body the body would still live on for up to five minutes um so you know that could have something to do with it where you know his head was shut off but he wasn't Isn't fully dead yet Mm -hmm. and then when the body fell over you know for him to die so i can just imagine can you i mean just think about it you're you're killed you're kicked out of your body and then you just see your body there without a head and then fall over i mean that would be Mm -hmm. extremely tragic yes right yes hi autumn i'm glad you could join us um autumn's been under the weather so I'm glad she's here, and I hope you're feeling better.
0: And she's not feeling well, but the the girls are much more important. Than being on night duty, yes. And <laughs> Raymond said that that guy, the headless, was ahead of the game.
1: <laughs> yes. So this week um, we did find a new psychic. Um, yes, we did. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Yes, this is a a guy who's been on our show a couple of times. His name is Jason McKean. And
0: he's
1: he's known as a tarot wizard. He teaches other people how to do, how to read tarot and to follow their intuition. And so he will be joining us Tuesday at 830 Central. And he will be talking with us to do the predictions as promised. Um, we apologize, there's been so much issues with that. Um, but this is a great guy. We've, like I said, we've had him on here a couple of times in the past. And so we know he's reliable.
0: <laughs> right. Expect a really great uh, celebration, uh, accolade, and wonderful introduction to this great, fascinating uh, person that. Uh, who we have uh who i have uh, just wanted to uh, say unto him so when do you want me to take the ring to uh, mount doom
1: <laughs> you'll get the joke when you meet him and yes so he also just came out with a new book that i'm hoping we can have him discuss and tell us about it while he's here and anything else we need to mention tonight
0: Well, stay tuned for more exciting stuff we've got planned uh, in the months ahead. We've already said we're basically going to be talking about the wonderful little people of that tiny little island somewhere uh, on the uh, east coast. The Emerald Isle. The Emerald Isle, east coast of, uh, of England.
1: Yes, and Sunday, Autumn and Shelley both will be here talking about Wiccan with us. telling us about you know the wiccan traditions and practice so we're excited about that um if you're listening to us on youtube we ask that you like and subscribe or if you're on twitch same thing like and subscribe i was just looking at it and did you realize that in just a couple of short months it will be two years we've been doing the show
0: wow and we really would love for uh, you guys to uh, give us some suggestions. Write us, tell us what you think. Where do you have this? Uh, you can do that on info at skepticpsychic.com or on Facebook at the skeptic psychic.
1: Yes, um, yes, we are definitely doing the same. Um, to shell I will send you our YouTube link. And your dad is in our prayers. um, So I hope everything goes well with his CAT scan tomorrow. Yes, Raymond says next Sunday, will be wicking good. Yes, and um, the uh, Okay, yes, sorry, brain fart. Um, (laughs) If you're listening to a replay on this on either Spotify or Apple podcast or one of those, we also like ask that you subscribe. Um, on Apple Podcasts, make sure you rate and review. And what kind of ratings do we like? Oh, brother of mine. We
0: like a one. We like a two. We like a three. We like a four. We like five stars. Yes. Ah, 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 ah. Five star rating, give <laughs> me please.
1: Yes, we do ask that you, if you're listening on Spotify or Apple, that you give us a five-star review. Um, on Apple, definitely leave a review. and We will read them on air. And that's pretty much all I've got. Is there anything I missed? <laughs> yes, five stars. Anything else I missed? Uh, oh, thank you, Shelley. She says she rated us on Apple. I appreciate that, Michelle. Okay, did you leave us a comment?
0: Did you leave us a comment?
1: Awesome. I will go back and look for that. Awesome. Well, I will look for that. And anything else I miss? Stay tuned for more fun. Yes. Join us Tuesday again with Jason. That'll be at 8 p.m. Central Time. I'm sorry, 8.30 p.m. Central Time. 9.30 Eastern. 7.30 7.30 Mountain. Mountain, 6.30 Pacific, 30 Pacific. Um, and yeah, other than that, everybody have a good night. And we love you. Yes, we love you, and sweet dreams.
0: <laughs> and pleasant nightmares.
1: Sweet dreams. Awesome. If you can't make it, we totally understand, but he, you okay. both are in our thoughts, Michelle. We love yes. you.
0: Love you. You know yes. that
1: <laughs> Good my night bestest night.
0: best friends, or I'm sorry, my sister's my bestest best friend, but Chelly, you're a close second. How's that? Yes, well, me is maybe a third.
1: I would have to say that to Shell and Danita are like our brothers. I mean, I'm sorry, our mother, our sorry, sisters. sisters from another mystery. <laughs> sorry. Yeah, Maybe, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes. But you're family and we yeah. love you all. <laughs> Good night. Good night, everybody.